Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information. Sports Business Journal touched a nerve with our cover story of this week's issue on New Canaan, Connecticut, which was called the epicenter of sports business. Well, let's just say we got some fun ribbing from those who live in rival towns, suggesting that Darien, Connecticut has more sports business executives. We also heard from those in Westport, Greenwich, even Montclair, New Jersey, saying that they were the true home of sports business. All fun, all good, but tell us. What hamlet do you think is the true epicenter of sports business? This is your morning buzzcast for Tuesday, September 14th. Good morning. I'm Abe Madcore. What a start of the week. You had the successful opening of SoFi Stadium on Sunday night, and on Monday you had a wild, historic night in Las Vegas as more than 61,000 rabid fans filled the Legion Stadium for the Raiders' overtime win over the Ravens. What a game. Now, this wasn't a sellout. The stadium seats 65,000. But remember, the Raiders said a while ago that fans must provide proof of COVID vaccination to enter. That may have prevented them from having this sellout, but early reports show that there was little problem in getting fans through the gates. As the gates opened, fans had to show a clear app, and that seemed to work well. Most fans showed their QR code or wristband as well, so there was alternate screenings, but apparently there was no backup. Fans were able to enter the facility fairly seamlessly, at least is what we know so far. But the visuals of the stadium were incredibly impressive. You have the Al Davis Memorial Torch. You had a lot of open areas where you saw the fans congregate. It surely looked like quite the party scene. You had Bruce Buffer. You had Steve Aoki get the party started before kickoff. You had Ice Cube and Too Short perform during the halftime show. So remember, the opening of these two new venues in these markets, Los Angeles and Las Vegas, can't be underestimated in what it can do for those franchises the fan bases in those markets, and for the NFL. But the league has to feel good about the opening Sunday night in Los Angeles and Monday night in Las Vegas. Both teams 1-0. Well, if you watch the game, you could also watch the Manning brothers offer their take on Monday Night Football on ESPN2. If you watched... Let us know what you think. The early line on Twitter is incredibly positive, one I think most people imagine because of the popularity, the talents of the Manning brothers. And you wonder if this could be a format for the future around other broadcasts. I only watched the first half, but I really like the chemistry between the brothers. You know, Peyton's more gregarious, but Eli is very sneaky and successful and very on point. They really played off each other well. Again, I only watched the first half, 
but text messages with colleagues during that time seemed to indicate it was a hit among them as well. Like I said, the vibe on Twitter, incredibly positive. Former NFLer Pat McAfee called it fantastic, while one said Peyton would instantly be the best color analyst in football if he went into the booth right now. We will have a full review in SBJ Daily today on the performance of the Manning brothers and what it means going forward. But please, let us know what you thought about it. Also, let us know what you thought when they brought in outside guests. Did that add to the chemistry or did that detract from the Manning brothers talking football? Let's shift to some other news because there's big news in the Olympic world this morning. LA 28 has named well-respected sports leader Kathy Carter as CEO. Kathy Carter had been the organizing committee's chief revenue officer since October of 2018. Now she gets promoted to CEO as the LA 28 committee begins to turn its attention to operational details around the games and not just revenue growth. Her initial charge, of course, was to sell sponsorships, and she saw early growth of a sponsor roster that currently includes Delta, Comcast, Deloitte, and Salesforce. Now she's being promoted to CEO. The LA28 CRO position will be eliminated with some responsibilities falling to other staff members. Now Kathy Carter will have to build and scale an organization. She said that LA28 currently has a hundred employees largely concentrated on the commercial side of the business, but she will expand that team and focus on operational aspects and executional aspects of the LA 28 games. Kathy Carter is one of the first women to ever hold a CEO role with an Olympic organizing committee. She has been a trailblazer throughout her time in sports business. Remember, prior to joining LA 28, Carter was president of some Soccer United Marketing, where she worked for 15 years. Really one of the most respected names in sports business, Kathy Carter, now becoming CEO of LA 28. You know, one analyst report that got my attention yesterday was from the research firm Moffitt Nathanson. They stated that the number of pay TV subscribers dropped more than 4% in the second quarter of 2021. And they said that represented a consistent pattern of steady declines in traditional video subscribers of close to 8% for the year. So basically, the amount of subscribers to pay TV is continuing to drop, meaning that we haven't hit the floor on the pay TV universe. We keep talking about that. The potentially worse news in the report is that they opined that subscriber declines combined with sports TV viewership drops suggest that the base of casual sports fans could be eroding as well. Now, this is a hypothesis, but their concern is that if casual viewers are dropping pay TV, they will not be watching sports programming, and that is surely a concern to all sports leagues and networks. Because remember, there was a sense that the floor of homes for the pay TV universe was always going to be bolstered because sports fans would continue to pay and support the pay TV universe. But this report suggests that might not be the case. So we need to continue to look at the declining numbers of pay TV subscribers and how that impacts sports ratings and sports engagement. We talked last week on the Buzzcast about the strength of the cryptocurrency category among one of the emerging sponsorship categories in sports. And the Drone Racing League is getting into the crypto space via a new title sponsorship with blockchain platform Algorand. 
and it represents the Drone Racing League's biggest deal ever. The partnership is for five years, and a source close to the Drone Racing League told SBJ it's worth at least $20 million a year or $100 million total. That is a massive deal for the Drone Racing League. Assets include naming rights to the series, and the sides will roll out blockchain-enabled ticketing, NFTs, and other elements of fan enhancements. Excel Sports Management helped broker the new deal between Drone Racing League and Algorand. Algorand is out of Boston. It comes on as the title sponsor of the Drone Racing League, replacing Allianz. Allianz had that deal for a number of years, but now the Drone Racing League cashes in on the crypto space with its massive deal with Algorand just before its season starts later this month. We've got a couple of other quick things in the buzzcast. We've talked about U.S. soccer taking its media rights to the marketplace, and longtime soccer writer Grant Wall reports that ESPN and Fox Sports aren't the favorites to land this deal. That would be for the English language rights for U.S. soccer starting in 2023. So not ESPN nor Fox Sports. He writes that the favorites at this point include CBS Sports, which continues to get deeper and deeper into soccer. He also says Turner Sports and Amazon are very interested in the rights at this point. A final decision on the new rights holder is expected within the next month or two months. Now, Univision is the incumbent for Spanish language rights, and they are very much in play to retain those rights to U.S. soccer. So keep your eye on U.S. soccer media rights. A deal could be announced within the next two months. We mentioned yesterday that total attendance for the U.S. Open was likely to be down. Well, it was. It was down more than 14% in 2021 from the record-setting 2019 tournament at the Billie Jean King National Tennis Center. There were, of course, no fans at last year's event. The lower number this year was expected. There was changing COVID protocols. There were far, far fewer international travelers attending the U.S. Open, and there were a number of star players who opted out. But still, it's a very respectful number for the USTA, and overall, the two-week event for the USTA, like we said yesterday, was a major pop culture success and an execution success for the USTA, even though attendance down 14% this year. Let's end the buzzcast around two items around sports and entertainment. We talk about Ted Lasso and our love of the show a lot on the Buzzcast. Well, look for season three. Actor Jason Sudeikis has closed a deal to appear in season three on Apple TV. The Hollywood Reporter reports it will pay him close to a million dollars an episode. That's up from the $250,000 to $300,000 he earns for each episode for seasons one and two. So Ted Lasso coming back. For season three. And all you fans of the New York Mets, or really fans of just high profile, high energy, partying teams, or bold faced names, or interested in baseball, well, you'll likely be watching ESPN tonight as ESPN debuts its latest 30 for 30 documentary. It's called Once Upon a Time in Queens. And it's all about that hard parting 1986 Mets team that won the World Series. Early buzz on this documentary is very, very positive. It premieres tonight. It'll be Tuesday and Wednesday at 8 p.m. on ESPN. Once Upon a Time in Queens debuts tonight 
on ESPN. And finally, don't forget to register for our sports facilities, franchises, and ticketing symposium September 28th through 30th in Las Vegas. You'll be able to tour Allegiant Stadium. You'll hear from some industry experts, and you'll get some great networking time with your industry colleagues. Go to our website on the events page to register or check out the show notes below. Love to see you in Las Vegas later this month. So that is your morning buzzcast for Tuesday, September 14th. I'm Abe Madcore. Hope everybody has a great day. Stay healthy. Be good to each other. I'll speak to you tomorrow. Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information.